Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One, one pitch. Basketball pulled and Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. All right, what's going on, everybody? We welcome you to Fantasy Baseball today. It is Monday. Hope you had an awesome weekend. I am Adam Azer. Scott White, Heath Cummings are here. Uh, Heath, you going out of town? After today, I am leaving on a jet plane. No, I'm not living on a jet plane. Actually, I'm driving. But yes, going out of town tomorrow morning. So uh, this will be my only show this week. All right, all right. Yes, and Heath will be on the Fantasy Football Today podcast today as well. And then we are going to talk to him next week. In fact, it's summertime, so these guys, you know, Scott was on vacation. Uh, Chris is out of town for work this week. Heath's going on vacation. I'm gonna be here. Your dedicated host, giving you some fantasy baseball advice. Um, Scott, how are you? How was your weekend? It was good. It was good. Uh, I took my son, my four-year-old son, to see a movie for the first time. Cool. And, uh, yeah, Toy Story 4. He'd seen the first three. Um, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was disappointed by it. Really? I'm not going to lie. It's, it it kind of, yeah, yeah, it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth after... The way they ended the third one was so great, new beginning, and then they uh, they kind of trashed that whole ending for a different one. Mm. I, and didn't, it didn't sit well for, with me. I could see that bothering you. I've only seen the first Toy Story, so I'm way behind on this. Yeah. Uh, all right, so they, let, they got better each time until they? until this one. I I feel like really, okay, yeah, well, that's an interesting take. So let's uh, let's make our fantasy teams better. Let's get started with a hitter to add and a pitcher to add. Heath said he had like thirty hitters that he wanted to add. So Heath, who are we adding? I mean, there's something I'm gonna. I have a name that's different than the names that I have been giving for the last month. But okay. I have to do the thing that I've been doing for the last month. Don't do so it. I just want to tell you: over the last twenty-eight days in points leagues, the worst format for these three outfielders. Uh-huh. Malik Smith has been the number three outfielder in points. Ramon Laureano has been the number eight outfielder in points. Oscar Mercado has been the number twenty outfielder in points. They are all three still under-owned, all three below 70%, and all three should be added. But my hitter to add, who's actually owned in fewer leagues than that, Chris Taylor, has essentially become the Dodgers' everyday shortstop since Corey Seager went on the IL. He is hitting better as well. He was a top-10 hitter this week, I believe. He's eligible at second base, shortstop, and outfield. He shouldn't be as highly owned as those three outfielders, but with those with that triple eligibility, he should be owned in most categories leagues. Good job, Heath. Good job. That was, that was really like a good. Spring-loaded take. Yeah, my Thanks. goodness. That was really Rehearsed good. Rehearsed that ahead of time. Because because yeah. if he had, if he had just come on and said Malik Smith, I probably would have probably would have flipped my lid a little bit. But that was a really good way to say <laughs> so, Malik Smith and also to not say Malik Smith. That was very good. Some Chris Taylor. Who who else did you say? Ramon Laureano, Oscar Mercado. Yeah, this this okay. same guys right. who's been saved. But but he's right. He's right. And every time yeah. Alex Smith has a good game, I think of Heath. So you, you've got that going for you. And that's pretty much every day. Uh, so if Chris Taylor is someone to add for Heath, that's maybe a deep league, you know, categories. I got him in a five outfielder league. You can play him, obviously, in a lot of positions. Uh, Scott, how about you? Hitter to add? So he mentioned Chris Taylor and Oscar Mercado. They're both in my top 10 sleeper hitters for this week. Some others who are 70% owned or less still, Lourdes Guriel, 
uh, who I think is what he's doing is mostly legitimate and what he's doing is pretty impressive. Ian Desmond, who has four games at home this week and uh, has has done what he needed to do to make himself relevant again, got ridden, started hitting the ball in the air more. And so at least the batting average power production is there, not so much the steals, but, you know, it's a waiver wire pickup. So what do you expect? Uh, so those are probably my top options here beyond the ones Heath mentioned. Okay, so Heath mentioned Malik Smith, Ramon Laureano, Oscar Mercado, and Chris Taylor. Scott said Lourdes Goriel and Ian Desmond. How about Bobby Bradley, guys? First baseman for the Indians who got called up yesterday, and he's now 28% owned, so he's quite available. And maybe the Indians all of a sudden won't have such a layup of a lineup. Uh, Bradley broke out this year. He's 23 years old. He had a great, great season at AAA in the International League, not in the PCL. And uh, what is our interest level in Bobby Bradley for the Indians? It's kind of tepid. I mean, obviously a deep enough league, you know, this is potentially big power bat here on waivers. But for having a breakout season to AAA, it it was a 32% strikeout rate, which is among like, you know, you know, that's up there with like Joey Gallo levels of striking out. Uh, He managed to hit 292. And he did it with a 359 Babbitt, which is, of course, high, but it's not it's not so high that nobody could possibly ever reach it. So, you know, it, it may be a situation where he hits the ball hard enough with enough home run production that he can have a respectable batting average with a crazy high strikeout rate. But I'm not willing to give him that benefit of the doubt right off the bat because it's a small number of players who can do that. And obviously, first base is a deep position. So I've been leaving Bobby Bradley for deeper leagues, but keeping an eye on him. I added him in our 12-team uh, categories league where we need a corner infielder. And my my hitting's pretty weak in that lineup. It's been frustrating. I've got Correa, Springer, and a couple others on the IL. I don't think he's going to be useful in points. But, I mean, he has hit 27 home runs in 99 games at AAA. He had 47 home runs in double-A. He could be an immediate help in power. He's just he's going to strike out a lot, and his average is probably going to be terrible. All right, that's Bobby Bradley, first baseman for Cleveland. And I just want to give one more hit or note. I was thinking of dropping Jock Peterson, which, of course, would have killed me because of the impression I like doing it. Uh, but I decided, <laughs> no, this is not the week to drop Jock Peterson. He's got five games against righties out of six games, and not a lot of games this week. So six-game week's pretty good. Three of them are at Coors Field. So this officially could be my last week in a this is a twelve team points league, shallower format. In my thirteen team Roto League, I will never drop Jock Peterson, most likely. Um but uh you know, for a guy who sits against lefties, this is a good week for him with three games at cores, with five righties on the schedule. So maybe maybe uh maybe Jock Peterson's last stand. And Heath, good news for you. You can probably put um George Springer in your lineup this week, because it looks like he's coming back on Tuesday. Now, pitchers to add. Okay, Heath, what do you got? How many Marlins are on your list? I, the problem is most, like, Jordan Yamamoto is up to 74%. A lot of the guys I looked at were approaching that range to where they're probably too owned to talk about them. There is someone. That, I, I feel like my Monday pitcher to add thing is usually a guy that you guys make fun of me about. So oh, I'm going to try to keep that streak going. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Liam Hendricks. No, that's, that's and fine. He has been a mostly really bad pitcher for his career. This year, he's been a dominant reliever. And if you look at his career, 
the reason his numbers look so bad is because teams keep trying to use him as a starter, and he's not good enough to be a starting pitcher. He has a 3-4 ERA for his career when pitching in relief with 10.3 K per nine. He's got a 30% strikeout rate this year. Blake Trinan's hurt, and he is their closer until Trinan's back. Yep, Liam Hendricks, 44% owned. He's actually one of the most... Why would I make fun of you for picking the second most added player uh, in our fantasy leagues? Uh, yeah, so Liam Hendrick is a good call. And Scott, pitchers to add, pitcher, pitchers. Well, the, probably the one I prioritized the highest was Adbert Alzale, who it sounds like is going to get starts going forward. It's not totally clear yet, but obviously uh, piggybacking Tyler Chatwood last week. Had a really impressive four innings. It's on a good run at AAA. Good strikeout-to-walk ratio, all of that. So, uh, Albert Alzale's was a top priority for me. Um, there is another closer candidate here. Be depend. I mean, obviously Blake Trinan's on the DL, but it sounds like John Hicks may also go. Or I'm sorry, Jordan Hicks may also go on the IL for the Cardinals, and. Uh, it, it's it's pretty much already been decided that John Gant would be the one replacing him. And his numbers suggest he should be the one replacing him. So uh, I would prioritize Hendricks over him, but Gant is, is not far behind if you're looking for a safe source. Okay, I'll give you one more. Remember, the Rays have been a real pain in the butt with their closers this year, but Jose Alvarado has not pitched since June 1st. I don't know what his timetable is, but I would imagine he should be back fairly soon. And Diego Castillo is on the IL, right? For the uh for the Rays? Yes. Yes. So yes, he, is. he has shoulder inflammation and he's been struggling lately. So it's possible Jose Alvarado is used more conventionally as a closer. I also think it is go- like Luke Jackson is doing everything he can to lose that job. <laughs> so uh Swarzak has been awesome. Minter has been less awesome. But Swarzak probably is the guy who should be closing for the Braves. Uh, that's someone that Scott yeah. gave last week. So I think he's worth that. Yeah, I'll, although Jordan Webb's been on a nice run recently, too, and has some of that uh, closer of the future shine on him. So I, I'm not totally sure Swarzak would be the one to replace Jackson if they were to make a change. And with A.J. Minter around, it could be a full-blown committee for a while. Uh, I, again, I mean, Jackson did end up pulling out the save yesterday, but it was it was pretty shaky. Always. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I don't I don't know that they're going to pull the plug on him yet, but that's that's something that's certainly on the horizon. Okay, if you're looking for more pitchers, first of all, do we know if Adbert Alzale, who's 43% owned, is going to be a two-star pitcher this week? Because I have gotten that question several times. I don't know for sure, because there, there's some talk that they may go six-man with Chatwood and Alzale both taking a turn. I have him in my two-star pitcher rankings, because uh, his turn would be lined up for Tuesday and then Sunday if they stuck with five man but it's it's not something I can say with certainty well Ross Stripling is the number one most added player and he said Stripling said that he and Arias are probably going to be piggybacking on Tuesday so keep that in mind I'm not sure you're going to get a quality start from whoever starts that game and I'd probably rather have the guy who's pitching second in that scenario because he's more likely to get the win but yeah. yeah, I don't know that this guy. Yeah, Heath, I don't know that this is going to continue. Maybe one they are auditioning to become a true starter. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I think like for this week specifically, you can kind of look at them both as if they are one-start pitchers because I would expect they're going to piggyback twice. Okay. Because they'll pitch again on Sunday oh, with then, the way the schedule's lined up, I believe. In, that's so, going to be in Colorado on Sunday then. Right. I I am starting Stripling in at least one league. I feel less confident in Urias just because they talked as if Stripling was more stretched out and more willing to go more innings immediately. And so if I was going to put an over-under on innings for this week, it might be like six or seven for Stripling, and it might be like four or five for Urias. All right, so so let me. Uh, it's, this is important because he's the number one most added player. They play today, and, they're, and they have a six-game week. So doesn't that mean they probably aren't? Because Kershaw is a two-star pitcher. So I would. Think, they have seven games this week. Oh, they have seven games. They have seven games. Well, that makes yeah. Jock Peterson even better. All right, I'm sorry. I thought they had six games. Okay, then Heath is 100 percent right on that. And yeah, the, those Marlins are available. Eliezer Hernandez, Jordan Yamamoto. I guess we'll get really into it when we uh, look at the most added list. But Zach Gallon, 68, 68 percent on. Zach Gallon is also available. Yeah, 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 I didn't really do a lot of uh, ad drops with pitchers because the two-star pitcher list was so bad, and all the guys that we like are are owned everywhere. So, um, all right, let's uh, let's get into the big news, the Frankie Montas news, and uh, first I want to tell you about the World Series of Poker. If you like the World Series of Poker, it is back right now, and you can watch it on CBS All Access. Go to cbs.com/poker. CBS.com, not CBS Sports, CBS.com slash poker, or watch on the CBS app. There are uh, there are things in the World Series of Poker that you can only watch on CBS All Access, so please check it out, CBS.com slash poker, or download the CBS app. The big news for you, Frankie Montas suspended 80 games. That sucks. You can drop him. Of course, they have Jesus Lazardo, who's working his way to get into that A's rotation. Should be fairly soon. Jose Barrios left with a blister, but he's expected to make his next start. Atlanta sent Mike Fultonevich to AAA. Does that open up a rotation spot for like a Tuki Toussaint, Scott, or somebody like that? Possibly. I don't know if that would be super exciting at this point. Toussaint hasn't shown, you know, he's been in the bullpen recently and you know, hasn't hasn't exactly been dominating. So, um you know, as for Fultonevich himself, I would I would treat it probably about the same way as when Nick Pavetta got sent down earlier in the year. Most leagues, in most leagues, you're, it's probably okay to drop him, but we'll see him again. And if you know, if if you're if you're the sort of person who likes to stash upside pitching wherever you could find it, um, you know, it, I I wouldn't mind continuing to stash him. I mean, four of his last seven starts were actually good. It's just the three bad ones were really bad. Fultonevich? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, uh, <laughs> we have those three closer notes. Jordan Hicks, triceps tendonitis. Blake trying an IL. Diego Castillo, IL. And I already gave the note about Ross Stripling and Julio Arias in their seven-day week. So let me read the infuriating email of the day. Unless Heath wants to read it. Heath, would you like to read the infuriating email of the day from John in St. Louis? I would not. I don't know that I could get through it without cursing, and we're live on video now, and so I think that would be bad. <laughs> because like, I I spent the weekend reading all these stupid stories about Albert Pujols and how the St. Louis crowd and you know, watching the video of the St. Like, it was great on, on Friday. It was fine on Saturday. It was so annoying by Sunday. And then we get this email from John in St. Louis. John, please take this, by the way, in jest. 
because I do appreciate all of our emailers. Fantasybaseball at CBSI.com. And John says, the debate is over. Anyone who still believe their fans were the best are wrong. That title has and will forever reside with the loyal fans of the Cardinals. For those not paying attention, the Cards fans gave Albert Pujols a standing ovation in every single at-bat of this weekend series. He played for the opponent. Who does that? That is that the that is the most annoying thing. Not the greatest. You know who does that? Who? I did that and almost got into a fisticuffs at a Royals game over doing that. When Mike Sweeney returned, I think he was playing for the Mariners maybe, and he hit a home run like in his last season, <laughs> and I gave him a standing clap and some guy started yelling at me about how terrible Mike Sweeney was and why would I be clapping for a guy on the other team? It was a, it was a bad situation, but wow. it was resolved without any physical contact, so that was good. Well, if you did that at Bush Stadium, for the, you would have been just fine. So I guess they are better than Royals fans. There's no debate there. But yeah, I just like there is there are whole corners of the inter- internet dedicated to showing that Cardinals fans are no different than any other fans and have the same problems that all their fan bases have. Sure. Remember when Jake Arrieta came back this year to uh, pitch against the Cubs at Wrigley? They went crazy. And then what was, oh, they're the best fans in the world. So I'm sorry, John. There's, they are, like, the title we, has the not one thing we can say for sure is that all fans are better than Yankees fans. False. Who boo, boo John Carlos Stanton for flying out in his second plate appearance after coming back from being injured. They boo because they love Heath. Okay, we have high expectations. We love we. They cheered him first, and then he let them down, and they booed him. All right. So, um, yeah. to make this fantasy relevant, John wants to know if Alex Reyes is still worth stashing in a non-keeper or dynasty league. And I have the same question: Is Alex Reyes still worth stashing? Because I am stashing him, but I've been waiting for him to come up already. Uh, when I last looked at what he was doing in the minors, it was pretty awful, which is sad. It's it's really sad because we've been waiting. There's so much talent here, and we've been waiting for it to get an opportunity to shine for, I, I feel, like three years, right? The better part of three years. Um, let me see if I can find the most recent numbers. But it's been – so he has a 739 ERA in 10 appearances, seven of them starts. I can't imagine he's close to – getting a, a shot in the rotation. I mean, Michael Walker had a good turn. Uh, let's see. His most recent appearance was, uh, well, he, he just pitched the first inning. I'm not sure what happened there. But, yeah, it's, it's been bad. I'm not, I'm not particularly motivated to start Alex Reyes right now like, or to stash him. When Scott said that he wanted to, he'd like to still be able to stash Mike Fultonevich, I almost started a big fight. But I would much rather stash Mike Fultonevich than Alex Reyes. Okay, so I guess that means I can drop Alex Reyes. And by the way, Brendan McKay, I'm not dropping him. He had another good start over the weekend. Five innings, three hits, one unearned run, three walks, and five strikeouts. He threw 84 pitches, and he lowered his ERA to 108. Brendan McKay, bring this man up already. We're going to take a quick break here on Fantasy Baseball today. When we come back, we'll look at the most added list. we got more news and notes. We've got every pitcher that does well against the Detroit Tigers except Trevor Bauer. Terrible start for Trevor Bauer. Very infuriating. We'll talk about that when we come back. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. 
The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. As mentioned, Ross Stripling is the most added player in CBS Sports Leagues. And this is a very useful tool, by the way. If you want to sort through the most added players and sort by free agent, you can see the players that are available in your league that a lot of people are looking up. And also the most owned, I like that list even better, sort by free agents there. Uh, Liam Hendricks is two. Jordan Yamamoto is three. And Adbert Azale is four on the most added list. And Adam Plutko is five. One of these is not like mm. the other. Like, we never talk about yeah. Plutko. But he does have two starts, and they're Kansas City and at Baltimore. Would you give Adam Plutko a chance uh, this week? I, I want it. I, if you're really desperate in a points league, I mean, I guess, I, I guess the potential for it to backfire so badly he gives you a negative score is pretty low with those two matchups, but I'm not I'm not willing to drop a player uh, I, I value in any way for Pletko. Like, we were considering using Adrian Sampson a week or two ago, and we all saw how that went. I think it's a similar type play. It's just you might get lucky and it might work. So what do we make of the Marlins rotation right now? Because Yamamoto, Zach Gallen are both pretty it's, high on the most added list. It's the deepest rotation in baseball. <laughs> I mean, like, it, not, it is good. I don't think that's even a joke. I think it's just true. It might be. It might be. But, okay, so who's in it? Because Caleb Smith come back soon, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like this week, potentially, I, I think. I think that probably, and I've felt this way for the last couple of turns. I, I kind of feel like all three of these guys... Maybe now just Gallon and, and Hernandez, their next start is to stay in the rotation. Like, you think Yamamoto is in? I can't imagine. Like, th- it's now been three starts yeah. where he's been very good. I, he, he gets another start if I'm making the decision. All right, so then, so then how interested are you in owning Yamamoto? Do you think he is this good? He's 74% owned. He has made three starts. Two of them were seven innings, no earned runs. His most recent start, five innings, Two earned runs, four walks, seven strikeouts at Philadelphia. He's three and zero with a .95 ERA and a .79 WHIP. Uh, it's surprising. I don't think we were expecting this from Jordan Yamamoto. So, yeah, what do you think? His next mm. matchup, by the way, is again the Phillies, the terrible Phillies, got swept by the Marlins uh, this weekend at yeah. home. I, I look at him I, a, I lo- think... a lot the same as like Zach Plezak, who's eighty percent owned. Okay, so you, yeah, 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 like by traditional indicators. Neither of them are uh, pitching. Neither, neither of what, neither of them are pitching in a way that's that's particularly believable. Like I, Eliezer Hernandez is more. Uh, Zach Gallon's only made one start, so it's hard to say for him. But certainly, judging by his minor league numbers, I, I feel like I feel like he's probably better than Yamamoto in the long run. Uh, Yamamoto's kind of weird because he's he's featured a different pitch in each of his three starts. Uh, the 
he threw his four-seam fastball only like 30% of the time in each of his first two starts, which is a very low number, especially for a guy getting called up. But it was basically the cutter that carried him the first time, slider the second time, the fastball this most recent time. Really deep arsenal. And so, you know, he's not getting a lot of swinging strikes with it, but maybe that's enough to keep hitters off balance, and, and he can be this effective. I'm, I'm a little skeptical, though. I mean, pitching needs are so much that I... I don't. I can't see myself letting him go unowned after the way these first three starts have gone. But I'm a little skeptical. Okay, and also on the most added list. I mean, if you're looking at the list right now on our video show, it's a lot of guys we've already talked about. Logan Allen um, is not someone. Yeah, let's go to him. Logan Allen for San Diego. He's 32 percent owned. What's your interest level in him? His first start was seven innings, three hits, two walks, five strikeouts against Milwaukee, and he. Is he a two? I don't think he's a two-star pitcher because I don't think they have enough games. I think he's just one start at Baltimore this week. Looks like they have five games this week, San Diego. Um, but yeah, yeah, they do. Would you start Logan Allen at Baltimore? Like, do you want to pick him up? He's only thirty-two percent owned. I'm less interested in him than any of the three Marlins pitchers who are up for grabs right now. What about yeah, Al- spe- like specifically for this week? If if the Ross Stripling line is the line of starting a starting pitcher, he would be below the Ross Stripping line for me. Would you rather pick up Alzale or or Logan Allen? Alzale. Yep. Okay. Lourdes Gurriel, uh, how about Danny Santana? Danny Santana, 31% owned. Joey Gallo should be back on Tuesday. That will complicate things a bit. But, man, <laughs> Danny Santana's playing so well right now. Uh do you think he plays enough to be mixed league relevant? He's eligible, by the way, Danny Santana for Texas. First, second, outfield, and short. Not I don't, really. Thing. No. Yeah. Okay, who else on here? You know, Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett is 60% on. We don't talk about Chris Bassett very much. He's okay. Would you keep You're not him? not good, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so you'd, you'd be okay cutting Chris Bassett loose for any of these starting pitchers that we're excited about? Yeah, I mean, he's Chris Bassett's on a pretty consistent run of being basically like five innings, three runs every time, right? I mean, what are you going to get with that? That's right. Five I'd rather minutes. I'd rather shoot for upside. I mean, he didn't really show upside in the past in a way that makes me think he's going to take a step forward from here. He has a two-star I'm, pitcher, I'm, though. Have, That's the only thing. Yeah, he has a two-star week this week. That's it, like, yeah, yes, he has given up three runs and. Three of his last four outings, it's been five and two thirds to six innings, which is a very small difference between five innings, but also makes a pretty big difference in how we evaluate pitchers. I feel like I wouldn't drop yeah. him for Logan Allen. I um I would drop him for Yamamoto, but as a two star pitcher this week, I I I'd much rather start him than Plutko. All right, last one that I want to talk about here is Ryan McMahon, and they've got. What's their schedule this week? Uh, they have six or seven. They have seven games. They have seven, four at home. Oh, my gosh. At least four lefties, though, for McMahon. But I'm not sure he's going to sit. I'm not sure he's going to sit, but that's not great, especially when Bumgarner, Ryu, and Kershaw are some of those lefties. But McMahon's 46% owned. First base, second base, and third base eligible. Might be an everyday player. Might be. And they called up Garrett Hampson, so we'll see. I think he's worth keeping an he eye on. He started against four straight left. But, yeah, they did call up Hampson. Right. That's a, the Hampson thing might change things a little. But, right, I mean, McMahon is looking like an everyday player for the Rockies, hitting a little bit better lately, and you might want to get him now. 
before it's too late. And Kevin Biggio also hitting better, and he's 52% owned. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, some more news and notes real quick. George Springer should be back on Tuesday. Mike Clevenger is going to start this week. He'll come off the IL. The Twins signed Cody Allen to a minor league deal. Do you think that matters? No. Yeah, I agree. Did you know Ryan McMahon this year against lefties is batting three twenty eight with three homers, a 900 OPS, and 61 at-bats? I, I knew he was better. I didn't know the numbers, but I knew he was better yeah. against lefties. Yeah, it's weird. 900 versus OPS versus lefties versus 686 versus righties. I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not... I'm not correcting you here. I'm genuinely surprised. I looked it up yeah. just now. No, wow. I know. I've... Maybe he shouldn't be sitting against lefties. I think if you look up look up David Dahl's splits too. And I don't think Dahl has been a heavy lefty-righty split guy through his career, but I, I think his numbers are better against lefties this year. But I'd like for you to tell me, Scott, while I do the rest of the notes. Gregory Polanco okay. is on the IL with a shoulder injury. That's why he missed so much time. At the beginning of the season, he had shoulder surgery, so that sucks. Mike Soroka left after being hit by a comebacker. It does oop, not appear so. He was hit by a pitch. Oh, he was hit by a pitch? Yes. It wasn't DH one that he pitched. everywhere now, please. Stop this madness. <laughs> okay, I, I support that, but he should be fine. Alex Wood, Reds starting pitcher. You may not even know that because he hasn't pitched for the Reds yet. Alex Wood is scheduled to begin a rehab assignment on Thursday. Craig Kimbrell could make his Cubs debut Thursday or Friday. Jimmy Nelson is in the bullpen. Adrian Hauser is going to start on Wednesday for Milwaukee. The Yankees are a game away from tying the record for most consecutive games with a home run. I'm sure we're all rooting for that, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The Dodgers won three straight games over the weekend on a walk-off hit by a rookie, a different rookie each time. That was cool. Jordan Alvarez, or Jordan Alvarez, tied an MLB record seven home runs in his first 12 games. He's insane. Is Alvarez is Jordan Alvarez a top fifty player rest of season? If we were drafting today, does he make it in the top fifty? I don't no. think he does. No um, hitter. Yes, I have him about twentieth in my outfield rankings. That's not bad. So, but fifty overall, that's that would be a tough line to crack. There's too many. I feel like there's too many pitchers in there. Sure. Uh, Rafael Devers expected back today. Cattell Marte, day-to-day with a groin injury, but he seems fine. John Means could start this weekend for Baltimore. Jake Lamb is getting close to returning for Arizona. That could mean less playing time for Christian Walker. Domingo Armand could be back before the All-Star break. Joey Gallo should be back Tuesday. Hunter Pence should be back on Thursday. I have a section here about hitters, guys. I don't know if we need to go through any of them. I'll give you three hitters who are... I'll give you four hitters who are available. Garrett Cooper, it's 41% owned. He has a 14-game hitting streak. Eric Sogard is 15% owned. He has started, I think he started nine games in a row for the Blue Jays. And Sogard's, you know, he's having, like, he's been a terrible hitter his entire career. And he's having a great year. So we'll call him Tommy LaStella Part 2. J.P. Crawford, since coming off the I.L., is batting three thirty three with seven walks and ten strikeouts. Um, and Jose Martinez has now started five straight games in right field for St. Louis, which caught me by surprise. Probably someone I'm going to look to pick up. Jose Martinez. Was he clapping for Albert Pujols when he hit the home Probably. run? Probably. He's a Cardinal. It's just when you put on that Cardinals jersey, you just become a better person, I think. So, yes, I would say he was. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, so Garrett Cooper, <laughs> Eric Sogard, J.P. Crawford, Jose Martinez. Heath, uh, what's your thought on that group? 
I don't know what percentage of our leagues are five outfielder leagues or have corner infield, but however many that number is, Garrett Cooper should be owning all of them. I don't expect he's going to be a top 36 outfielder or a top 12 first baseman, but other than that, I think he's a starting player, and he's a pretty decent hitter. And I don't really have a lot. Like there's, It's not quite this good, but I don't have a lot of doubts about him being a fantasy contributor as long as you need more than three outfielders. And Crawford should be owned in more than 8% of leagues. Do you like it better than Sogard? Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to buy into Eric Sogard. And if I just look stu- stupid like Tommy Lestella, fine. Yeah. How are we feeling about I, Tommy I think Lestella? Cooper's by far the most interesting of these. I, I actually really like Cooper. Okay, uh, good. What he's doing is, you know, his, his XBA is over 300. His ex-WOBA matches up with his WOBA. Uh, he's He's pretty much... Pretty much doing everything that uh, the peripherals say he should be doing. Yeah, I don't know how we're feeling about Tommy Lastella. I had to pick him up in a league as Devers insurance, but um, in June he's batting 286 with three home runs, nine RBIs. I definitely feel like the power has sort of disappeared for him. The batting average still. I mean, good. three home runs in a month is still basically a 20 homer pace for a season, which is terrible these days. But the the ISO Scott is. <laughs> The ISO is one fifty four in June, so it's only it's four yeah. doubles and three and three home runs. The the power pace was going to slow, but I I feel like I feel like at the very least he's DJ LeMahieu, who's of course pretty, over the, pretty great in his own right. Yeah, over uh, the I, last month he's not a top twelve second baseman. I have been starting him and have had no interest in sitting him in the leagues where I'm starting him, which includes a twelve team points league and. I think that's it. I think I only have him in points leagues. Points leagues, he's so much better because Listella never strikes out. But I will say that he has 14 extra base hits since May 1st. So that's not so good. Uh, Scott. Okay. All right. Now let's move on. Let's move on. In the bullpen, Rowanis Elias. He's getting saves for the Mariners. Taylor Rogers got a two-inning save on Friday and then pitched the eighth on Saturday, and Blake Parker got an extra inning save um, on Saturday. But we like we like Taylor Rogers. Liam Hendricks we like. How about the Marlins? Sergio Romo, Jose Quijada, and Nick Anderson all recorded saves for the Marlins in their three-game sweep at Philadelphia. Romo had pitched in four straight games before getting Saturday and Sunday off, so I assume he is still the closer. Sean Kelly yeah. appears to be the closer even though Chris Martin got a save on Saturday. And who did you say? It's John Gant in St. Louis, right? Yes. Okay. All right, then. It's time to talk about some pitchers. Studs being studs, part one. Here we go. Zach Wheeler was a stud. Walker Bueller was beyond stud. 16 strikeouts in a complete game against Colorado. Give up two hits. Or two, two runs on three hits. Aaron Nola had a great start against Miami, and Herman Marquez had a great start at the Dodgers, lowering his road ERA to 3.02. Uh, so, Wheeler, Bueller, Nola, and Herman Marquez, Scott, anything to say about this group of studs being studs? I think the one who I have the clearest expectations for going forward is Walker Bueller, who just seems to have turned the corner and taken off, kind of like he did in the second half last year. Uh, just total, total stud. 
total ace level stud. He's in my top 10 starting pitcher rankings rest of season. They limited him so much in spring training. I think that contributed to a slow start, but he's, he's back to form now. I really wish I could have gotten more insight on Nola's start. The way that game played out, the, the, the game recaps didn't really focus on Nola's performance. So I didn't, I didn't really see much in, in the way of, uh, of what he did differently or anything like that. But he had a very effective curveball in this start. I had pretty much, last time we talked about him last week, I had moved him almost out of my top 40 at starting pitchers. So uh, this start will have me rethinking that. But, you know, obviously Marlins, it could have just been an aberration. Too. Marlins, he played the Marlins. I mean, and, he, and Nola has had good starts. I'm not dismissing it. Like, I just want to say, he has had some good starts. It's not like he's been terrible every time out. He really has not been able to string together more than two good starts in a row. I feel. Some it's no, I, like, like good, probably his best bad. start though, right? I mean, this was this is the a great thing. Result. Is I th- I think he's just worse luck, Trevor Bauer, because he has better peripherals, I, I believe, than Bauer, and it's both kind of been a, a little bit of a control issue, and then just bad starts intermingled with good starts. I still have Nola in my top twenty start or twenty one, I guess. And ahead of Marquez and Wheeler, who I think any of these three pitchers, well, Noah's the most likely with two or three good starts in a row to jump back into that the bottom of that ace tier. Um, Wheeler and Marquez probably just belong in the number two starters range. I mean, Nola has a bad swinging strike rate this year. This start it was good. This start was his best in terms of, well, total number of swinging strikes. But it, it's just a plain bad rate. Okay. Um and we know what Marquez yeah, so is. Mar- Marquez is a stud on the road, and we'll see how you feel about starting him at home. And let's move on to the next group, Studs Being Studs Part 2. Brad Peacock, 11 strikeouts at the Yankees. Wow. Six innings, two runs, 11 strikeouts. He threw a season-high 102 pitches. They really limit uh, Brad Peacock's pitch. He, he averages 89 pitches per start. That kind of puts a cap on how good he can be. But he is good. Uh, Brandon Woodruff, bounce back. 16 swinging strikes. Remember last time we talked about Woodruff? I wasn't on the show. I think it was on Wednesday. Oh, it was my birthday. Nobody wished me happy birthday that day. But uh, Brandon Woodruff, he had the last four starts. His swinging strikes were way down. He had 16 of them in a great start against the Reds with 12 Ks on Sunday. Marcus Stroman, this surprised me. Six scoreless innings with six strikeouts at Boston. I just looked up where Stroman ranks in points leagues. He's the number 36 starting pitcher. While you guys talk about this group, I'll see where he ranks in Roto. And Yanni Chirinos uh, has a three ERA, not a big strikeout guy, but he's pretty darn, he's pretty good. Texas at home this week, that could be tough. But Peacock, Brandon Woodruff, Marcus Stroman, Yanni Chirinos, they were also studs. Heath, what say you about this group? I mean, I, I'm starting all of these guys just as a rule. I have obviously a lot more excitement about starting Brandon Woodruff and Brad Beacock than I do the other two. But I, there's not been, if, if Yanni Chirinos or Marcus Stroman's on my team, I've just been rolling them out there. There've been a couple of disappointments, but mostly it's been good. Uh, Woodruff, I actually have, and, and I'm updating rankings today, but I, I've actually got him just ahead of Wheeler and Marquez. And I'm not so sure he doesn't belong in the borderline ace tier. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his ERA is over four Woodruff, but the, the FIP is a run lower than that. The XFIP is half a run lower than that. And he's rare case of a pitcher who I feel like most of the pitchers we talk about, their, 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 uh, 
independent pitching stats like that are worse than they've actually performed, but Woodruff's are much better. And then Peacock, uh, his last two starts in a row, the slider looks like it's it's effective again. It hasn't really been there all season for him, but the last two starts it has. So that could be that could be a huge development for him. All right, so Stroman, eighty four percent owned. He has a three oh four ERA. He's only five and nine. Thirty walks, seventy seven strikeouts, and hundred and two in and two thirds innings. A lot of innings. And a one twenty five mm-hmm. whip, which is high, which you expect with him, I think. He's number thirty six yeah. number thirty six pitcher in points, but number thirty nine in Roto, starting pitcher. So yeah, look, I've always I'm always negative on Strowman in anything other than a points league. But let's give the man some credit. He's top forty, and that's with a five and nine record. So I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like I'd be trying to sell high on Strowman. Well he need he needs to be traded. And he may be traded. If if he gets traded out of Toronto to a contender, I think his fantasy value improves significantly. And, and probably no matter where he lands, he's such a ground ball pitcher. I don't think the venue is going to make a huge difference for him. Yeah, he, Just Stroman, want him with a contender. Stroman is heavily linked to the Yankees. Right? Well, ah, linked to the Yankees. Could definitely happen. Well, that would be bad. Why would that be bad? I, I don't like pitchers going to the Yankees. Because you don't want the Yankees to be better than they already are, which is really, really good. No, because they generally are worse in fantasy. I don't know that the Yankees necessarily have a great approach with pitchers, especially established pitchers. What? And are you basing like this all Sonny on Gray, Sonny Gray? Jay Happ, James Paxton. Jay Happ was great for the Yankees yeah, last Jay year. Yeah, Jay Happ was fine last year. He's yeah. been a, a disaster. Yeah, he's like 70 years well, old. He's he's done. This year. This year. Uh, but after the trade last year, he was... Yeah, you know, he he pretty much kept Dude, it going. Look up. They look didn't up, have time to mess him up. Look up Sean. <laughs> look up Sean Chacon. If you want to, the Yankees or Wizards. Good, Sean, good what? Wizards. Yeah, you remember Sean Chacon? <laughs> That's going back like look, a decade. Yeah, now. what does that have to do with Marcus he was Stroman great. in the year 2019? He was great after the Yankees acquired him. Don't you know what? Just because we had that email about the Cardinals fans doesn't mean you have to take shots about every franchise. All right, we it got... was not a, It wasn't a shot. It was a legitimate concern. I understand. Okay, let's, I have to uh, say, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Cardinals fan base is one that I haven't. There's there's like six fan fan bases that I've enraged on Twitter, and Cardinals isn't among them yet. So I have nothing against the Cardinals fan base. By the way, the Braves fan base is one of those six. Yeah, and, well, and that was a sad day. They don't like but, your honesty. Yeah, not the Cardinals. But uh, just the, for, all the, you, the, for all you Cardinals fans out there, I want the, you to know that I wasn't going to put that email in the show. Scott insisted. Scott saw the email and said, <laughs> "We have to destroy this guy because I, I think he said I hate Cardinals fans." So, well, just to throw fuel on this fire, the one fan base that is constantly reminding me of it, like you know, every few months or so, is the Cubs. Really? Okay. Yeah. I was joking Why? about that email thing in case people don't know. Hey, uh, let, let me let me move forward here because I really want to uh, get angry about Trevor Bauer. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> we come back. We'll talk about this uh, unbelievably frustrating starting pitcher. Also, Matt Boyd and other studs who were duds this weekend. We will be right back on Fantasy Baseball today. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. 
They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools, and their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. The area you live in is just as important as the house itself. You can get to know a neighborhood without ever setting foot in it. Say you're a really active person. You could find out about the nearest parks. Do they have a baseball field? Maybe you want to join a softball league like Chris and I play in. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Oh, Trevor Bauer. Detroit. Who's Detroit, man? Four innings, ten hits, five runs, two homers allowed against the Tigers on Friday. That's coming after a complete game shutout with eight strikeouts at Detroit the previous start. So he's got Kansas City this week. I'm never taking Bauer out of my lineup. But he headlines the studs being duds. If we look at the full list of studs being duds, part one, it's Bauer, Matt Boyd. Matt Boyd has a 6-14 ERA in his last four starts. Luis Castillo got crushed at Milwaukee. And uh, I put Chris Sale on there, but I, I can't imagine we're concerned. Five innings, three runs, four, three earned runs, four runs total against Toronto. It was weird, but he's been awesome. But if we if we look at Bauer, Boyd, and Castillo, Heath, who are you most concerned about? Uh, probably, like, I would say Bauer simply because I he was a borderline top 12 pitcher for me at the start of the year. Uh, Castillo and Boyd kind of jumped into this range. And so I won't feel like I lost as much. I mean, Castillo had some troubling things in his peripherals before this bad start. There have been way too many walks so far this season. Boyd has not done enough to where we could definitely say he was going to be a top 20 guy. But Bauer's just like, this is a guy we used a third or fourth round pick on. And he's just been so terrible about half the time. So so how would you rank Bauer, Boyd, Castillo right now? Uh, I'd probably... Like, Boyd's <laughs> definitely was, last. Wow, is that sub sigh right there? Boyd <laughs> is definitely last. I, I am going to have to make a decision on Castillo versus Bauer, and I'll probably leave Bauer ahead of him, but they'll both be outside of the top 18. Top eight, outside the top 18. All right, Scott, what's your take on Bauer versus Boyd versus Castillo? Well, Bauer had been hanging in front of them for me, but this is three consecutive starts now. Um, the, the, the previous two were good, I think, but like he hasn't, he hasn't been missing bats, kind of the problem I said for Aaron Nola. It, it had been fine before that, but like he, he keeps doing such different things that it's hard to get a feel for what he's going to do next. Uh, I do think there's obviously a ton of upside there still. And uh, I wouldn't even, I I don't even think I'm at the point where I'd consider benching him. Um, But 
I may be ready to move him behind. Like the thing is, he says Boyd is obviously is definitely last, and you know just the fact he pitches for the Tigers and isn't going to win many games. He's a 500 record as good as he's been. Um, that that probably means he deserves to be last. But I I feel like I I feel like he has is the least flawed of these three because Castillo has been terrible with the walks. Fortunately, dominant in the other two air tip in the other two fit measures. Um, but Boyd, uh, been a little shaky, was in need of some home run correction and has gotten that home run correction. But the, you know, the peripherals still look really good. Okay. So the Boyd, an interesting comparison to me would be Patrick Corbin. Boyd is a guy who doesn't have great velocity, great slider though. And Corbin last year is sort of the example that we always give of a guy using his secondary stuff to be great. Well, Corbin in 2018, his first 11 starts, he was 5-1 and one with a 2.47 ERA. He was great. Then his next four starts, he had a 6.46 ERA. You look at Matt Boyd, his last four starts, he has a 6.14 ERA. And then I was really worried about Corbin at that point. I remember it. I was like, look, the guy doesn't throw hard. The gimmick might be up. Uh, I'm concerned. Well, obviously, the rest of the season, last 18 starts for Corbin, he had a 2.86 ERA. He was... He was as good as he was at the beginning of the year. And it was right around the same time of year, by the way, that Corbin started struggling compared to Boyd's struggles. I have no, I'm not saying the same thing's going to happen, but I did think it was an interesting comparison, uh, and hopefully things can turn around for Boyd. All right, let's go a little quicker here. Studs being duds part two. Chris Paddock, Jose Quintana, and Lance Lynn. So would you? they were all bad. Lynn was just one bad inning, and it was the first inning. Paddock gave up yeah. only two runs, but three walks, one strikeout. Do you consider any or all of them to be must-own players? Paddock, Quintana, and Lynn. I'm done with Quintana. The other two, yes, but not Quintana. Quintana's season stats are are now uh, they're pretty bad. They're pretty bad. I'm trying to find them exactly. I got them, Scott. But it's uh, four fifty okay, ERA, twenty nine set four and seven four fifty ERA, seventy nine strikeouts in eighty eight innings. And he, last yeah. six starts, he's just been awful. And he gets Atlanta this week, the best lineup in baseball right now. So, uh, Yeah, that, that K per nine is less than eight. Right. It's okay. bad. Um, no, Lance Lynn, I mean, I, I actually give him credit because, you know, the Twitter the Twitterverse was like, oh, here comes Lance Lynn when he gave up four runs in the first inning. And then it was six one-run innings after that. So he, he really came together nicely. And there have been a lot of strikeouts and pitching deep into games. Um, I, I don't entirely trust it, but there's there's no there's no reason to remove him from your lineup right now. Paddock, I think, is still must own for the upside, but he's he's kind of he's kind of going through a rough stretch here. Uh, obviously, it, it had been a couple weeks since he pitched because he spent some time in the minors just preserving innings. I don't think he made an appearance down there, um, but uh, he, it seems like his arm speed has slowed on the changeups, so he's kind of tipping the pitch in a way uh, and isn't getting isn't missing bats much at all anymore because of it so that's that's something that's correctable but it's it's not corrected yet all right Heath, let's go to the next group of starting pitchers studs being duds part three and these are guys are all owned in more than 80 percent of leagues so or 80 percent or more so tell me if you're done with any of them if you're okay dropping them jay happ rick porcello dallas keichel and chris archer Okay, so I'm not going to really hold this start against Dallas Keuchel. I 
I feel no different about him after this start tonight. It's going to take at least two before I change any opinion at all. So we're just going to leave him alone. I like, is this a bad start for Chris Archer? He struck out as many as he threw innings and he only gave up a run. It's fine. Five innings. Yeah. I had five innings. I had, I had dropped him in a league, but in any league, I was still holding on to him. I'm still holding on to him. This is kind of what we've come to expect from Rick Porcello. He'll probably have two good starts in a row now. He is, for me, more of a streamer than a must-own pitcher. If he has a two-start week, I'm using him. If he has a good matchup, I'll use him. At the end of the year, if he stays healthy, he'll probably be a top 45 pitcher in points leagues, but he's not going to be someone you want to start very often. And I don't think like, J-Hap's obviously terrible. Done. Yeah, Get him out of here. Yeah. Okay, so Hap did have a 3.54 ERA in the in the five starts that preceded his dreadful start on Sunday, but yeah, it's still like no very few strikeouts, only two quality starts in those five starts. So Hap, I think he he's be been done. like a worse version of Jose Quintana. Yeah, it's it's yeah bad. Okay, uh, so I want to get some emails at fantasybaseball@cbsi.com. So in that case, I'm going to read fringy starting pitchers, and we're going to do these quickly, and you're going to tell me who you like. Fringy starting pitchers part one, 65 to 79% owned. Griffin Canning, Zach Plezak, Merrill Kelly, Sonny Gray, Joe Musgrove, Jordan Yamamoto, and Dakota Hudson. Again, we've got Griffin Canning, Zach Plezak, Merrill Kelly, Sonny Gray, Joe Musgrove, Jordan Yamamoto, and Dakota Hudson. Scott, any must-owns there? Uh, I would still say Canning. I know he's been worse lately but the peripherals are still good enough that I'm sticking with that. And Playsack, I, I, I like, you know, it's kind of like with Yamamoto. I don't entirely trust it, but it's it's too impactful in this landscape. Like you can't, like if, if, you, have, if you have seven pitchers on your roster that you trust fully, then uh, you're, you're a lucky duck because most don't. So I would consider Playsack must own just based on his performance. Uh... Musgrove is somebody worth watching. I'm not saying you shouldn't own him. This last start was obviously very good, and he threw his slider much more often, and about about as often as he did in April. That seems to be a key for him, how much he throws the slider. So uh, if you know if he starts to turn things around, uh, keep an eye on his slider usage because that might that might be a good indicator that he's back on track. Okay, and I'll say that Merrill Kelly is at San Francisco this week, so if you had him for the two starts this week, you can hang on maybe to Kelly for another week, hold on for one more day. And let's go to Fringy Starting Pitchers Part 2. Heath, Tyler Skaggs, Spencer Turnbull, Michael Pineda, who had one bad inning. He allowed five earned runs in one inning and four scoreless other than that. That's Pineda and Anibal Sanchez. These guys are all available. They're owned in less than 60% of leagues. Again, they're Skaggs. Turnbull, Pineda, and Sanchez, and... I get a tighter Skaggs. Who do you like? Yeah, Skaggs is my favorite of this group. I, I wish that he... like He was only at like 75 pitches or something when he came out of this game, right? I don't know, actually. I don't understand why he really only threw sure, five yeah. innings. 70 pitches. That's frustrating. Um, I'm not sure that he's... In, like None of these guys are, are obviously not must-own. But I would rank them Skaggs, Turnbull, Sanchez, Pineda. I think I'm pretty much done with Spencer Turnbull. Just like it, it's mediocre at best. Doesn't go. He's fine. Games. Whatever. Match up. Like kind of like what I said about Porcello. 
Like if he's got good matchups or two starts, then I'm probably going to use him. And if your league's deep enough to just hold those guys on your bench and start them when you need to, then then hold them. Yeah. I, but Turnbull's like five innings every time, and he's yeah. pitching for the Tigers, not the Red Sox. So it's look at. Anibal, but he's also been considerably better than Porcello. Anibal right? Sanchez at Detroit. Uh, I, I would take Porcello over Turnbull. It depends how you're measuring good, I guess. I I feel like innings and supporting cast. Well, innings certainly, I think, is something the pitcher has direct control over. And uh, Turnbull, I I don't think passes that test. And the ratios aren't good. At, like they're not. It's not like they're. You know, it's not like Joey Lucchese, where, you know, some, the the, you know, he's got a low whip and the strikeout rate's pretty good. I guess the strikeout rate's okay for Turnbull, but it's not good enough. There's there's too many. There's too many knocks on him. Yeah, I, I mean, unfor- like you can't really compare him to Porcello because he does have better numbers than Porcello. But Porcello also got off to that terrible start because the Red Sox, you know, jerked around their pitchers all spring training, and then the ten starts before this last one, he had like a three twenty ERA. Anyway, and like, like Porcello is only throwing six more innings and in sixteen starts. Yeah, and he's got an ERA that's right, almost. Look, a I don't, don't want to. I just let's just drop that. Anibal Sanchez is at Detroit this week, <laughs> so you better believe I'm starting Anibal Sanchez. He is on a nice little run, two forty five ERA in his last five starts, and he's three and zero. But the swinging strikes are down, so I don't really buy it. But at Detroit this week, I buy it enough. All right, let's read some emails. Fantasy Baseball at CBSI.com. from Travis. Someone just dropped Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in my ten team roto league. Should I drop Scott Kingery to pick up Vlad? Hunter Dozier is also available on waivers. And the reason I include this email is like, I don't know that I can recommend for sure that you should be dropping a productive player right now to add Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in a 10-team league. I said, for a bench spot, yeah, get Vlad. If you're starting the guy, then I'd no, probably pick up Hunter no. Dozier. Come on, Adam. Ten, he hasn't been good enough. Well, first of all, 10-team leagues the only one Guerrero would be available in at all. I know, but he but you got to go for impact, not just production. But you, you like need, Hunter Dozier so much. High. You like Hunter Dozier so much. So you, I would, do like Hunter. You Dozier. wouldn't rather have Hunter Dozier than than Vladimir Guerrero right now in a, in a ten team league? No, I wouldn't. If it came to it, I'd I'd rather have Guerrero. And look, I I feel like Dozier isn't somebody I would just ever recommend dropping, regardless of the format in a. In a vacuum, but I mean, if Vladimir Guerrero is out there, I'd, I'd rather have Guerrero. Dude, he's been terrible. I mean, he's yeah, been terrible. Like, I I struggle with this one a lot because I do think in ten team leagues, upside is the most. I don't really expect four categories leagues to be the best format for Guerrero, especially this first year when the Blue Jays lineup I don't think is very good. I don't have him as a top ten third baseman rest of season. And he's not. I'm not. I don't think he's probably been a top twenty third baseman since he's been called up. So, like, if I was sitting around five hundred in a league and worried about making the playoffs, right? I don't think Vlad is the guy I'd pick up. Yeah, and look, I, I'm not. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the best hitters in baseball at some point. I expect Dozier to be better this week and next week, and until right. something changes. All right, Matt from. I mean, Tennessee. I, I have Guerrero. I have Guerrero thirteenth and Dozier fourteenth. At third base, Heath has Guerrero twelfth, and he may not have moved Dozier back up after the injury. I have not moved Dozier Pardon. up since he came back, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, this is from Matt in Tennessee. Dear Dolly, Jane, and Lily. That so that would be Dolly Parton, Jane Fonda, and Lily Tomlin. 
and they have a connection. Nine to five. Is that the movie Nine to Five? Yeah, it is. Okay, so ah uh, yes, I have each of the following <laughs> on my. I, this is a good song. Five by five weekly categories league. I have Plezac, Canning, Framber Valdez, and Zach Gallen. Who's the most droppable of those four? Zach Plezac, Griffin Canning, Framber Valdez, or Zach Gallen? Plezac. You don't have to make this decision now. We don't have any uh, idea that Weaver is going to be coming back anytime soon, right? No, but it's. I didn't even include that in the email. I just just read the, just answer my question. It's a theoretical question for like what maybe not ever going to matter because Weaver might not pitch again this year. But this but is for the benefit. Currently, of the I would like I would say Plezac is the most droppable. I don't. I think by the time you have to make this decision, it will be decided for you. Now Scott and Heath are talking about different players because Scott says Plezac and Heath says Plezac. So you at home? I, I was just. I was just considering that too. Yeah. Who's yeah. right? He's, he's right. Da- it's Plezak. He's right. Yeah. Dan. Okay. Well, his uncle was Plezak. Yeah. Um. I, I'm pretty sure. It's well, wait, what did you say just then? Plezak or Plezak? Plezak. Please. Okay. It Please, sounded a little sir. different the way you just said it. <laughs> All right. From Rosenda. Grade the trade. Give up Lindor and Granky. Ooh. Lindor and Granky. Get Bellinger and Moncada. Um, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say bad. D minus. Yeah. Only because I'm trying to be nice. All right, Matt from Toronto. Wait a second. He's get he's getting Bellinger. Like yeah, we're we're, we're Lindor and Granky. That's a lot. It is a lot, but I mean, you have to pay a lot to get Bellinger. Um, I'll I'll go C minus. I don't think it's that I, bad. I'd like to know in terms of fantasy points. If Francisco Lindor or Cody Bellinger has scored more points since Lindor's been up back. I would, too. Try to look it up. I think it's Lindor. All right, Matt. I'd still rather have Bellinger, though. Matt from Toronto, 10-team keeper league. Would you trade Vlad for Verlander and Tatis? Players can be kept indefinitely with no draft pick costs. Would you give up Vlad for Verlander and Tatis? He's in first place looking to shore up his pitching and win this year. Do it. Yeah. I don't see why not. I mean, I don't. I don't think the long-term prognosis for Vlad and Tatis is that different. Heath, how you doing there with your mission? How am I doing with my what? Your mission. Oh, you did not. He's supposed to, to be looking it? it up. Yeah, I thought he was looking it up. Yeah, he has no idea what I'm talking about. I mean, about. the, the, Lindor, the Lindor, Lindor versus... has been healthy for is you know doesn't encompass the most productive stretch Bellinger's had. So I could see it. I could think it's possible Lindor's better, but. Uh, you know what I think? Um, I think Bellinger's probably April twentieth. April twentieth is the key date. Okay, let's do it, Heath. April twentieth, you got it. I I will try to do it in the next sixty seconds. It's no, going to be it, difficult. It's going to have to be like five seconds. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make there. it happen then. All right, Scott, I'm going to do a long outro here. Thanks for listening, everybody. I had a lot of fun. We learned how to say Zach Plezak's last name. At least I think we did. There's actually a guy in the notes that I didn't know how to pronounce his name, so I didn't even talk about him. Um, I look forward to Joey Gallo's return tomorrow. I look forward to watching Clayton Kershaw pitch tonight. I look forward to sitting Clayton Kershaw this weekend at Colorado. That might be a controversial take. I don't know what else to say. Scott, I really need you to come Why is it here. not loading? Scott, like, so add Chris there. Taylor, add Lourdes Gurriel, add Ian Desmond. Think about adding Bobby Bradley, certainly if you need some power. We are, Malik Smith. You should add Malik Smith. Add we don't Malik talk about Smith. him enough. We never talk about Lindor, Malik Smith. Lindor is three spots worse than Bellinger in points league since returning. Although Bellinger's lower than I expected. He's behind Devers, 
Rizzo, Kepler, Carlos Santana. And we're out of here. Uh, two other. On fa- Thank you, Scott. Good job. On Fantasy Baseball today, we appreciate you listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya.